The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Don't you guys think that after yesterday's hour and 20 minute podcast, we sort of deserve like a 30 or 35 minute bopper today? How many times also has Dan said that exact phrase and then inevitably followed it up with a 50-minute podcast. I don't know. I don't know. But this is Fantasy NBA Today. That's not going to change regardless of whether or not I'm right about this being a slightly shorter show. I am still Dan Vespers, also regardless of show length. And this is your Tuesday edition of your weekly... That's not right. Your daily, Monday through Friday, five times a week fantasy basketball pod what's happening everybody it's good to talk to you guys tuesday morning um i'm at dan vespers on twitter and this of course is a hoop ball hoop dash ball.com at hoop ball fantasy and hawaiian isles kona coffee presentation check them out as well our buddies over at hawaiian isles.com hi kona coffee on twitter or just hawaiian isles at amazon it's prime still prime it's good stuff i got some for the holidays big time shout out to start today's podcast who are buddies on the brand new hoop ball today in sports betting handicapping podcast what an unbelievable debut our good buddy josh millman and new hoop baller iris silver had the opening episode yesterday neil rochlani and devin ellington will have the tuesday edition show which i believe is already available for you guys And yesterday's show, the Monday edition, the guys went 4-0, their first show on betting picks. How awesome is that? What a way to break onto the scene. You can follow that show everywhere besides iHeartRadio. We'll have it up there in the next couple of weeks. It just takes them longer to add things than everywhere else. So it's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all that good stuff. Subscribe. Again, it's called Today in Sports Betting. We've got the word today in all of our daily shows. It's pretty easy to find. Fantasy NBA Today, DFS Today. I guess we don't have it in the box score breakdown. All right, in your face, Dan. And now today in sports betting. So please go check that out. The Twitter handle associated with our new gambling district here is HoopBallGaming, at HoopBallGaming. So please go follow that. If you are into sports betting in any capacity, we have four, plus me, So five really dedicated handicappers getting to work on it. Now, I only focus on basketball, but Ira, Devin, Josh, Neil, they're looking at all the sports. So you're going to get all sorts of good stuff. Obviously, you're going to get NBA because we're hoop ball. But yesterday, just as a point of reference, they had the Pacers to cover the very short spread at home, which they did. It was two when they bet it. It went up to three and a half before the day was done. They had the Pelicans catching a bunch of points on the road which they did, and then ended up with an outright win in overtime. Game they led the whole way through. Ira, who riverboat gambler style, said, hey, look, if, if Chicago falls behind, like, you know, 19, 20 points early in the ballgame, take their in-game betting line and look for a backdoor cover, and that worked! Because the in-game line was Chicago catching 14, and they bet that mid-ball game, and it cashed. And the Thunder, laying just two on the road at Minnesota, they won that game by 13. 
The guys went 4-0. Now, obviously, that's not going to happen every night because such is the nature of sports betting. You just you, Nobody wins 100%. Your only goal is actually to win 52.4% of your wagers or more. That covers the big. And 4-0 is a good way to start it. So check that out. They are amazing. And if you're going to bet along with them, do it with our buddies over at mybookie.ag. Use promo code TODAY, T-O-D-A-Y, when you open up your account to tail our handicappers. Free, by the way. It's free. They're just giving out information at this point. You can tail them. You can not tail them. You can just take the information, do whatever the hell you want with it. It's just more stuff in your quiver of arrows to fire. You don't have to pay a cent. It's amazing. It's so awesome. I'm so excited about it. Again, mybookie.ag is where we're getting all of our lines that they'll talk about on the pod. And the promo code is the word TODAY to get that 50% deposit match. So check that out immediately. Let's check in on our Monday scores, a little... A little recap of what went down last night on the fantasy landscape. We already talked about some of those wagers that covered on yesterday's show. Indiana beat Philadelphia 101-95. to Interesting notes on this ballgame. One, Demonis Sabonis, probably not healthy. Played through a sore knee, which the MRI came back clean, so it's just sore. That's all it is at this point, and that's good news. Should he have been playing... It's not entirely clear that that was a great idea based on the results from this ballgame. He still got his 16 rebounds, but only 10 points on 3 out of 12 shooting, 4 for 6 at the free throw line. He's a guy that, and we've seen this before, sometimes his stuff gets a little popcorn-y, doesn't do much defensively, doesn't shoot the three-pointers, free throw percent has been steadily coming down after an unsustainably hot start for him. Now, obviously, he's having a really nice season, and he's well past his ADP, and I targeted him everywhere and got him nowhere because everybody was targeting him, apparently, which pisses me off. I really wanted him for that field goal percent. But after starting the year top 20, he's at number 45 now, and that's probably where he's settled in as more of a top 50 guy because of some of those spots where he just doesn't do the things you need. Free throw percent. Steals, blocks, that kind of stuff. You want some blocks out of your center, right? But big-time scoring, rebounding, great field goal percent. There's certainly enough reasons to like what's going on. The thing that's kind of amazing is that in all of this, where everybody's talking about Sabonis having this whopper of a year and Miles Turner just pooing his pants on a nightly basis, he was actually pretty good in this game, by the way. They're only separated by 18 slots. That's a round and a half. That tells you, by the way, how critical some of these categories are that people completely overlook miles turner for instance actually shoots free throws better than demonis sabonis and fewer of them by the way so sabonis actually a a larger negative in that department miles turner very small negative in that department lower turnover so that has a little power boost in nine category leagues and then of course the two and change blocks along with one and change three pointers per game it's pretty amazing how these categories that people just don't look at have such a massive impact on things. The counting stats, Sabonis is clobbering him in all of them. Points, rebounds, assists, all that stuff. Anyway, Miles Turner, by the way, he looked much better in this ball game. looked more engaged. Got his three blocks against Philly. That's a big deal. Nice to see that happening again after a little bit of a blocks hiatus for Miles. Ten rebounds. That's nice as well. Pace was pretty good in this ball game. Nobody could shoot the ball. You just I wonder if Sabonis being a little bit dinged up and then missing that one game, could that be the thing that kind of wakes up Miles Turner, at least maybe for a short spurt of activity? I sure hope so. 
Al Horford playing well right now. Um, I mean, you can call him a sell-high guy if you want, or you can just sort of ride it out because, you know, they're not going to push Joel Embiid too hard. Matisse Thybul got some big minutes in this ballgame. You also have to wonder if that is something that could keep up if Mike Scott at that power forward spot doesn't prove to be the answer. And if Thybul, we've seen it before. I mean, if he can get up into those high 20s in minutes, he could be a pretty interesting grab for his defensive stats. And oddly enough, nobody's argued with me about whether or not he can average four defensive stats a ball game these days because it just, you know, it just doesn't happen. I mean, I mean it, nobody does it. Anthony Davis is at 4.1, and nobody else is even close. Even the best shot blockers in the leagues aren't even close because, you know, Hassan Whiteside doesn't get any steals, that kind of thing. Anthony Davis at 4.1. Jonathan Isaac was at 4. And those guys just running away with it. Andre Drummond at 3.7 is the next closest in big-time defensive stats. So, yeah, Matisse Dybul was never going to average four a game. However, I throw the, the negative stuff at you there just to counter it with some of the positive. He does have a nice defensive profile. In 18 minutes a game, he's averaging 2.1. If he played 36 minutes, those numbers would definitely come down on a per-minute basis. But it sort of doesn't matter. Get him into the mid to high 20s while Embiid is out, and you're looking at at least two, you know, two, two and a half defensive stats per game, and that's probably worth it almost without worrying about anything else going on. But we need to see this more than once before it's something you're, you're really buying into heavy. And once Embiid comes back, then those minutes get pushed back aside. Everybody slides down a spot, both in roster and in pecking order, and Thibault goes back to playing... Reserve minutes. So you're, you're talking about a streamer at the very most. Indiana, obviously better with Malcolm Brogdon. 21-7-9 as he comes back from strep throat, makes an immediate impact. So much better than Aaron Holiday, who didn't have any chemistry with Miles Turner. Part, I think, of why Miles was having a rough stretch was because Holiday wasn't doing a good job of getting him the ball in the right spots. Justin Holiday actually looked better. I just, everything about this team makes more sense when they have a facilitator on the floor. Meanwhile, we're only just a shade over two weeks away from Victor Oladipo time. Hey, oh, get ready for that good stuff. They'll ramp him up slowly, obviously, but that's a big deal. New Orleans, Detroit, the battle that we've all been waiting for. Everybody was dead. Who the hell was left in this ballgame? On the New Orleans side, Honestly, I can't even remember all the players that were out. Brandon Ingram was out. J.J. Redick was out. Derek Favors was out. Drew Holiday was out. Four of the five starters were out for the New Orleans Pelicans. The only one that actually made it was Lonzo Ball, who played 46 minutes, could not shoot from anywhere on the floor, and turned it over seven times. And somehow, despite a near triple-double with six cash counters, didn't even have one of the medium-range games on the board tonight. That is too inefficient. It's going to be... I mean, he can he can post up some pretty interesting numbers, but he's going to battle with those percentage issues all the time. I mean, he's been pretty good lately. Number 130 on the season now. Over the last month, he's number 111. That's doable. Last two weeks, he's been brilliant. And obviously, he's got... You know, he's averaging 42 minutes a game over that stretch. You know, he's going to put up giant numbers while hold it, but the entire team is dead. Jill Okafor got the start because of Andre Drummond and then ended up turning that into a nice ball game. And Nicolo Melli had 20 points in a start. Josh Hart, obviously a streaming option while everybody is out. And Etwan Moore 
who's normally more efficient than this. I mean, if we find out that any of these guys are out longer term, you could make some adjustments here. But by all accounts, Derek Favors was basically a game-time call. Brandon Ingram was basically a game-time call. Drew Holiday, it sounds like, might miss a tiny bit more time. It's really not clear with J.J. Redick. He was ruled out pretty early. So I think you might see two of those four guys back for the next game on Thursday. So I'm not advocating going out and making a whole bunch of moves with this Pels team. These minutes are going to get redistributed quite soon. Detroit had a weird one. Andre Drummond got benched, basically. He looked listless and disinterested for long stretches in this game. Offensively, he just wasn't there. It was a lot of ISO stuff. Shot the ball poorly, missed his free throws. This looks like a guy who's about ready to get checked out in Detroit. And Dwayne Casey saw it and kind of stuck it to him a little bit. I think that wakes him up. It's the Kevin Love wake-up call we just saw a couple weeks ago, which is, look, if you really want to get out of here, play like you mean it. Go convince a competitor. Go convince some team that's running at a championship or trying to build for the future and wants you to re-sign there. Go convince somebody to come get you. I don't want to see somebody pouting. I know that the book is there. The portfolio is there. That Drummond's been a power beast for half a decade now, and he's durable, and he's a rebounding machine. And so the teams know the basketball player on the floor they're getting. But right now, this is the how does Drummond handle adversity. Teams are looking at that kind of stuff. Had three steals, had two blocks. So, you know, not all was lost in this ball game, but it was a bad performance. He got benched, and Christian Wood racked up a whole host of minutes. And this is what we're talking about with, hey, if, if this thing clears out for Christian Wood... The world is his oyster. The question is, does anybody come back? There are the defensive stats we've been looking for. He has six blocks and three steals in his last two ball games. I do think you're about to go back into probably about three weeks of him not doing much when Drummond wakes up and decides to play again. But it's a pretty good look at the future. Langston Galloway got extra burn at the expense of Bruce Brown, which is a damn shame because Brown was putting up a really nice game in only 21 minutes, and he's a guy that I've been sort of sitting on in a couple of spots. Sekou Dumbuya, 16-8, steel block, couple of three-pointers. He looked good in 34 minutes. Even Svi Mikhailiuk played pretty well in this ballgame. And then Derek Rose, who's your ultimate punt threes guy, had 23-4-8 with a block. And he'll just keep coasting along while all of this team is is kaput. Markeith Morris played 18 minutes, took 12 shots, and made two of them. And it's not entirely clear whose minutes he took with his 18 in that ballgame. It's not really clear. Dembuya, maybe? He needs to be owned. Seku needs to be owned. Christian Wood probably needs to be stashed. I don't have the stones to play him because you just... I can't believe that Andre Drummond would get ejected and benched in back-to-back ball games, and then that would happen a third time. That seems highly improbable. Anything can happen, I suppose, but sure doesn't seem like it. Um, Dumbuya, they like to give him the minutes right now. I, you know, they, they, the fantasy games are going to fluctuate a little bit, but there's there's kind of a nice future element to that. I think with Bruce Brown, you can give him another look. I can't believe that Langston Galloway is going to jack his minutes. This is a game where you probably see another maybe five or six minutes of Bruce in the fourth quarter if the reserves with some of the starters weren't playing quite well. Langston Galloway, Derek Rose, Christian Wood, these guys got in there and sliced into the minutes of Andre Drummond, Tony Snell, and Bruce Brown. 
So that could easily swing back the other way in the next ball game, and probably will. Tough team to handicap right now. Very tough team to handicap. Derek Rose, Andre Drummond, I mean, these guys are safe. Bruce Brown I like. Dumbuya and Wood are, are a little bit of gambles. Dumbuya less of a gamble than Wood right now. Chicago at Boston. This was basically a blowout. You can tell by the minute count. Guys like Larry Markinen, Tomas Sadoransky only logged 25 minutes apiece. Seto was fine. He was sort of able to survive. Zach Levine had 30, but didn't get any help offensively. <laughs> Thad Young had 17 off the bench. Chris Dunn has fizzled in his starting role. If the steals and blocks are not coming at an absurd clip, then the rest of the stuff doesn't really float it. So he probably belongs back on waiver wires. Daniel Gafford was the guy we were watching to see if he could make an impact. And he did get his two blocks in this ballgame. And he's going to do it on good percentages. There's, there is a reasonable argument to be made that he's the guy to use while Wendell Carter Jr. is out. The other half of that argument is that he really doesn't need more than about 20 minutes to get two blocks a game. He's a big-time, high-fly, high-field-goal percent. There's a little bit of kind of like a Brandon Clark thing going on to his fantasy game, which, you know, I know he's only, like, just inside the top 130 over the last week with the extra blocks and the extra burn and so on and so forth. But that you stretch that out. Over the last week, he's averaging about 10-6 and six with a steal and a couple of blocks. The only reason that number isn't better is because of the 63% foul shooting. But I don't think he's going to take many free throws. He made his two on Monday night. I don't have a huge book on him. He's a 50% foul shooter on the year to this point, but not many. And he's shooting almost 70% from the field. 13 minutes a game, he's almost at a one and a half blocks. I'm actually a little bit surprised that he's not more universally utilized right now because he has this big-time blocks upside. That's... Sort of an unfamiliar thing. So I'm looking for a spot for him. I don't know about you guys, but uh, I'm hoping I could plop him somewhere on my roster. Just tough to find the right spot, you know? There's a lot of guys right now that are intriguing. No Daniel Tice for Boston, so Ennis Cantor slid into the starting lineup and was a rebound away from a double-double. Had five turnovers in this game, which is sort of a weird anomaly, but the seven out of nine shooting, the steal and the block, all of that is good. Gordon Hayward is starting to level off that uh, field goal percent you knew was going to come down at some point. This is little by little, this is where that's taking place. And then uh, otherwise, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker, they were all solid. The usual fare. Oklahoma City got a huge one from Shea Gilgis-Alexander, a 2020-10 triple-double. Boy, has he come on. They didn't even need the other guys. They got a little bit from some of them, but they didn't even really need him. Shea was incredible. He's been rolling lately. Gallo was great. Steven Adams was great. Chris Paul was quiet. That's how it always goes with him. He only chips in when they need him to. When the game's just chugging along, he'll just happily, you know, he'll take his mid-rangers, lack of focus, all that stuff. This was a Chris Paul gets the night off kind of game. Are we worried? We are not. We are most definitely not. All will be well. Minnesota side, things have gotten complicated. They are playing Naz Reed over Gorgie Jeng right now. And with Cat close, I think you can make the preemptive drop. Minnesota's a tough team to roster guys right now. Andrew Wiggins is cold as ice. Jeff Teague has trended hard down. He's a drop. 
Shabazz Napier had a better ball game, but he's a drop because the minutes aren't are fluctuating wildly. So at this point now, you got Robert Covington, who's basically been the only worthwhile Timberwolf over the last two or three ball games. Who, by the way, Rocco now top thirty-five. Here he comes, everybody. Here he comes. Last thirty days, Rob Covington, number forty-one. Last two weeks, number fourteen. Here he comes. Over the last two weeks, Rob Covington is averaging 3.3 threes, 3.1 steals, and 1.3 blocks per game. Wowza. You guys can do the math on that. That's seven and a half. It's actually more. Cash counters per game. That's two weeks worth. Goodness gracious, is he rolling. And then obviously when Cat comes back, yeah, sure. And I think you can continue to give Wiggins a little more leash, although he's really fallen off a cliff here lately. Injury, illness, whatever, he's falling back towards the edge of the top 100. He's not the old Andrew Wiggins yet, but he ain't far. That sell high is uh, looking wiser and wiser. Jared Culver had a simple basketball game. 14 points, 5 boards, 2 assists. He wasn't good and he wasn't bad, which is sort of boring. That's not the way you expect to describe Jared Culver on a night-to-night basis. I think he'll be better. You know, he was running high on the defensive stats for a while. You, you figured those would level off a tiny bit. Maybe not quite this much, but they'll bounce back. And they're feeding him every minute they can. He's leading the team in minutes played basically every single game these days. So they've made that youth movement already. As I've said on a thousand podcasts recently, he's a fantastic keeper or dynasty option because they're going to just turn some of the keys of this thing over to him. He's going to be their new wing guard guy of the future, perhaps the pair with Carl Anthony Towns. The question is, can he get it all straightened out this year, or is he a luxury player this season? As expected, Nemanja Bjelica for Sacramento has all he can handle right now. Marvin Bagley did play and was decent. He was actually reasonably solid in with a minutes cap. Buddy Heald, eh, I mean, he's been mostly feh this year. De'Aaron Fox had a good one, but it, it's a pretty predictable lot these days. Harrison Barnes has fallen on his face, which we all could see coming a mile away because he's just not very good and making good player money. And for Sacramento, without Rashawn Holmes, it, it's going to be a fight. It's going to be a battle. Vooch was good for Orlando. Evan Fournier was scoring pretty well, although he was inefficient in his path to it. Aaron Gordon was okay. Terrence Ross had some steals to float an otherwise boring line. And then, you know, we were watching Ken Birch to see if he could do enough defensively. The answer was no. Markel Fultz is way overutilized in fantasy, considering he's just not very good in fantasy. But... People are just going to keep hanging on there. And, you know, the Magic going to keep trying to piecemealing this thing together without Jonathan Isaac. What do you want me to say at this point? We miss him. They miss him. Nemanja Bielitsa is charmed. Said it yesterday on the show. He's leading a charmed life. Every time it looks like his minutes are going to disappear, somebody else in the front court gets hurt in Sacramento. And he had one of his, I'm just going to hit everything kind of games. So that's cool. But, I mean, we're using him most of these days anyway. He has, in general, a relatively boring fantasy profile, but
but he's just okay at everything. He just doesn't hurt you. He's shooting 47% on the year. Decent. 84 free throw. Decent. Pretty good, actually. Two threes, 12 points, six boards, almost three assists, almost a steal, a little over half a block, one and a half turnovers. Everything about him just says, I'm going to be okay at everything. And guys that are okay at everything end up as okay fantasy assets. Because most of the time you start a guy, they're going to have some holes. And he's just not really a fantasy hole kind of guy. He's a fantasy hole with a W. Devontae, good Devontae showed up for Charlotte. So that's good. P.J. Washington, sort of a, not a massive amount of upside in general, but he had a, a quality ball game as well. Miles Bridges went back to old Miles Bridges. For Portland, the guys that usually take a lot of shots took a lot of shots. They just mostly happened to go in in this ballgame. That's, I mean, it is a ballgame where you figured the Blazers would, would be able to cut loose a little bit. So McCollum played well. Lillard was decent. Even Carmelo. Melo had a bunch of assists in this ballgame. Can you believe that? Big-time assist numbers for Carmelo Anthony. Trying to work his way back onto some fantasy rosters where he's been getting cut lately because of his empty fantasy lines. He'll be on and off of rosters all damn season as he hangs out right near the edge of the top 100. Just piddling along. Anthony, by the way, usually a pretty good fantasy name. Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns, D. Anthony Melton. I guess the difference there is it's all first names. Carmelo Anthony, better than expected this year. I will continue to give him that, but barely an Einkat guy. Points League domination. Points League domination. Uh, Rajon Rondo, non-displaced fracture in his finger, so he's out for a couple of ball games. Not that that makes much of a difference since LeBron James is back, so Rondo wasn't going to do a whole lot. Anyway, Anthony Davis still out with a sore butt, which means guys like Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, they have a little bit more breathing room if you want to keep streaming those dudes. And then with Cleveland... It's the same old story. Colin Sexton, no fantasy game whatsoever, none to speak of. Darius Garland slowly making headway. Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love playing hard until they get traded. I really want an update on Larry Nance Jr. He's a guy where, looking across some of my leagues, he's available in a few of them because he wasn't very good, even though he's a pretty reasonable stash candidate. You have to be okay with the fact that it's going to be a few weeks here. But I've got to think that either Kevin Love or Tristan Thompson almost definitely get gets moved. And can we really, I mean, can the Cavs make a reasonable argument that Tristan Thompson, or let's say Tristan Thompson doesn't get traded, could they really try to make the argument that he should keep playing the way he is, the minutes he is, even after the All-Star break if he's not moved? That feels like some straight-up madness. I can't buy into that crap. So anyway, waiting on an update on Larry Nance at this point. I assume one will be coming at some point in the not-too-distant future, and then if you can stash that, there's a pretty good... It's a decent path there for him. Surely you have someone on your team with no upside at all that you could cut to do a little Nance stashing. The old Nance Dash Dash. Nance Dash Stash Dance? 
Stash Nance Dance? There you go. We got there. The Stash Nance Dance. It's happening. You know what I'm doing? Okay, here. We'll, we'll take an example. If you're sitting on someone like uh, an Alex Len, I think I'd rather just stash Larry Nance at this point. Because there's no upside. Len's not going to play more than 23, 24 minutes. So when he gets to that point, you're looking at what? 12 and 9? With less than a block, maybe? One block? Bad free throw percent? I'd rather take the guy that could go bonkers with rebounds, assists, and steals. There's just no upside there. Think about it. Think about it. There's, there's, there's something to be said. In fact, I believe a, a, a note came out that he might get back over the next week. That'd be pretty good. You got to do it, man. You got to do it. You could sit on him. You don't have to start him for the next two weeks. But, I mean, look at what he did last year. Top 65 fantasy guy. Basically because Kevin Love was out the whole year. Don't pass up on what is, I mean, nothing in this world is a sure thing, but that's not that far off from it. All right, so that's your Monday recap. It was mixed bag in terms of whether it was interesting or not. Tuesday, look, six-game card. Utah is at Brooklyn. From a fantasy standpoint, obviously the Kyrie Irving stuff. That's all you're paying attention to in this ballgame. I would love to hear anything at all on our good buddy Michael Conley. Junior, right? I haven't heard anything in a while. Uh, the one game he played was, what, almost a month ago. Apparently he was taking some shots at shoot-around about a week ago. And there's no timetable. I mean, I I think this is a we're going to give him an extra week even after he seems ready to go kind of situation. It's a very easy buy low. I mean, you could get him for pennies at this point, but do you even want him? Yeah, throw some top 100 waiver wire guy out there, see if you can get him. Phoenix, Atlanta, just question marks here is how many minutes... Well, by the way, Ricky Rubio is questionable to, uh, for the birth of his first child. First child or a child? I don't know which one it is. Sorry. And Aaron Baines, if he's starting again, shaving the minutes off of DeAndre Ayton's possible, you know, he's, if he's not going to get his 32 minutes a game, it's going to be more like 29. That's a big deal. That's 10% of his production. For Atlanta, we're always keeping, you know, one soft eye on Alex Len, but mostly it's Kevin Herter, John Collins, and uh, if Trey Young plays, those are the only guys you could use on that team relig- reliably. New York Knicks, Alfred Payton watch. You guys know I'm not big into that stuff. And then, you know, Marcus Morris, who I believe has been ruled out already. Fah. I mean, Mitchell Robinson by low territory. Boy, if he puts up another clunker against Milwaukee, I'm going to go throw out all sorts of by lows for Mitchell Robinson. Milwaukee's super not interesting at all <laughs> from a fantasy perspective. We know exactly what we're getting out of that team. Hey, before we uh, look ahead at the last three games on this Tuesday card, I want to remind everybody, big thank you to those uh, couple of you that reached out about becoming blurbers or writers here at HoopBall. We are looking for contributors at this point. These are not full-time gigs. So this is basically a learn-the-craft kind of thing. If you can write, you want to learn how to write for, for sports, want to break into sports, this would be the way to do it. Hit me up on Twitter at Dan Bespris or search for Dan from HoopBall. That's another way to get it done. Send an email to teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. And I know, 
we already did it once in the show, but a reminder again, our brand new betting podcast is so damn good. Go enjoy it. Today in sports betting, the name of the show, Josh, Devin, Ira, Neil, bringing it to you Monday through Friday, five days a week, all free, part of our free podcast offerings here on the HoopBall platform. Final three games on the docket here for Tuesday night. Houston at Memphis. P.J. Tucker sounds like he's good to go. Same deal for Clint Capella. I know you guys are sick of my P.J. Tucker love, but it, it remains. I'm a pragmatic sort. I've, I've parted ways with Daniel House. He has no confidence. He's been sort of pushed out. Boy, that illness really took him out of his game, and he never got it back. Super weird. Memphis is also incredibly fun. This should be a good ball game. Total of 238. There will be some points. Jonas Valanciunas has been destroying people lately. Brandon Clark looks good. Ja looks good. We just, I mean, I guess the only thing here is you just keep wishing DeAnthony Melton would get more than his 19 minutes, but it, it hasn't been happening. He's just been brilliant in those 19 minutes, and it can't get extended further unless either Ja Morant or Tyus Jones has to miss some time. Cleveland at the Clippers on the back-to-back. This should be interesting. I mean, that completely sarcastically we will com- continue to watch the Cavs but I don't expect to find anything new from this ball game that we haven't been learning from the last few and then Dallas is at Golden State I think I've given up on the DeLon Wright thing it looked like maybe there was a chance as I've said before if he is a starter and it's a full-time thing you cannot pass up on that but with him getting shifted back to the bench as we kind of figured there was probably like an 80% chance that it was more matchup dependent he's just he hasn't been doing enough lately and the percentages have been coming down a little bit as well. For the Warriors, it sounds like there's going to be another day. Well, well, we'll wait and see. I mean, maybe it'll happen today. But it, the, the indicators is that they were planning on signing Damian Lee on Wednesday. So I'm going to assume he's out. And unless I hear otherwise, I'm going to assume that Amari Spellman is your full-time starting center slash power forward. And that he's a must-own, must-start guy. D'Angelo Russell playing, Draymond Green sounds like he's probably playing as well, so this is about as healthy as they're going to get. I'm I'm not buying this Steph Curry thing. Even if he does play, it feels like it'll be in a limited capacity. They are a terrible team. They have no real shot at the playoffs because they're not going to rush Steph back to try to get the eight seed. I mean, this is a team that's played an extra 20-something games basically every season for, what, four or five years in a row now? Four years in a row? This is a break year. This is a gap year between high school and college. They'll get all their guys back. They'll have a decent draft pick to go with it. Maybe they move D'Angelo Russell in the offseason. They're, they're going to be gentle with their guys. It's just this kid glove season. So loving on Damian Lee, loving on Amari Spellman. All these guys are going to see big minutes as the season wears on. For Lee, his ranking is depressed lately by a 30% field goal mark on a pretty okay volume over his last couple of weeks. That's going to even out, back, get him back into the low 40s with a, probably a little hot spell. And he'll level off probably in that 90 to 100 range. That feels like what his stat profile belongs to. Omari Spellman could go a little bit higher. If his field goal percent, free throw percent both stay high, he has the ability to hit threes in bunches, steals, blocks, some assists out of a big man spot, not a ton of rebounds. That's the spot where you're looking at him like, what's happening here? But maybe those even go up if Draymond Green starts to sit some games. And meanwhile, 
Willie Cauley-Stein, who I was thrilled to have on my team for a while for his defensive stats, he looks like he's probably a guy you can dump at this point. You could probably give him one more game, but right now it's two in a row of him playing small minutes off the bench. Three, tic-tac-toe, you can probably cut loose. And that's about all we got for this one. We'll keep this Tuesday show short. We've got buy low, sell high with Brandon coming up tomorrow, along with the Tuesday recap, of course. We are hopefully going to be talking to our buddy Coach on Thursday's show. Give a little shout-out to the guys at DFS Today, one of our amazing... Dude, they've gone seven days a week since the season started. How incredible is that? Forget everything else going on. Doing a podcast every single day? That's some insane... That's some insane crap going on there. You have to be a lunatic. You have to be totally insane. Well, good thing they are. Good thing they are. Completely bat bleep crazy. Mm, seven days a week, man. Really remarkable. Mm-mm-mm. I do. I am impressed. So we got some incredible podcast offerings over here. I would strongly suggest you check them out. I'm going to just wrap this thing up. No reason to keep it rumbling along. Again, reminder, check out Today in Sports Betting. Check out DFS Today. Uh, you can get all the Twitter handles of those guys if you follow me. I will be tweeting about them with clapping emojis every damn time because they deserve it. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a hoopball presentation. Thank you again to mybookie.ag. Go tail those guys with your new account. Sign up promo code today. Get that 50% deposit bonus. With that, we bid you adieu on this Tuesday morning. We will talk to you tomorrow. Brandon and I will talk to you tomorrow here on Fantasy NBA Today. Coach, again on Thursday, Friday, I'll wrap it up. Uh, oh, by the way, shout out to Pedro Dureste, by the way, who doesn't get nearly enough credit for the great stuff he brings to this podcast. His incredible appearance on the show yesterday kind of got buried in all of the sports betting stuff, but big thank you, Pedro, for yesterday's show as well. Now, officially, have a wonderful Tuesday. I am Dan Vespris. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.